0: the universe maker
1: of the stars who am i that you would know my name
2: well 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 welcome back to another episode of life on purpose otherwise known as four guys yakking you've got mike you've got ryan you've got daniel and you've got dave and we are happy that you're back with us yes Mm -hmm. uh, we're Uh excited for this week's episode heck yeah
3: Happy, happy
2: to yak. Oh,
0: I'm by the to, way, but happy to but before, be yak. Before we oh, do happy no, yak bad. thing, um, you know, one of us is older. Oh, Which... who could that be? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. technically, all of us,
2: right? Technically,
0: all yeah, of we're... us. Yep. Yeah. Yes. One it's person hit the yeah. It, he hit the thirty milestone.
3: Mm-hmm. Welcome. Yes. Mm.
0: <laughs> you <Yeah>. made it. <laughs> Yeah, if mature. I was if I was
3: a particular kind of person, I would make some kind of joke about the rest of it being either uphill or downhill. But I'll just leave it alone.
2: I appreciate that. I had somebody look me square in the face yesterday and say, Well, it's all downhill from here. And I was like, Well, thank you.
0: <laughs> that just
2: means you're picking up speed. Yeah, exactly.
0: Take it. I'll take that. Uh, yes. Right, if it's uphill from where you're at, <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Frank. Well, thank you, Mike. Thank yeah, him. yeah. Okay, Wonderful. let's move on. <sighs> let's move on. Uh, yeah, please. Um, let's let's yeah. do that. What are we talking about? What? I mean, Squeak Up. Well, squeak Up. Squeak Up.
2: We, we've oh, been talking up, about up. Yeah. I like I like the way Mike phrased it. Hang on, I'm gonna I'm pulling up my text messages,
1: y'all. Uh oh. Oh no. Because he phrased it a certain messages? way, and
2: I I want to read it. Don't give away trade secrets. I know, right? So <laughs> this was the idea for today's episode. It says, "becoming a man of Yah, or a mouse of
1: the multitudes." Mm-hmm. I think that's a good way to start. Let's discuss that. Oof. All right. Well, I think that just jumping into the topic, we had a wonderful episode. If you had, did get a chance to listen to it, we really went into the experiment of uh, mice utopia
0: yes. and
1: uh, what that what that meant. What was their conclusion from a study that kind of has multiple different takes on it. And I think what we decided, there's one specific spot that it concluded over 25 times of the exact same result. And we're looking at one aspect that led to a total change and ultimately the total destruction of the utopian colony of mice. And we're going to look at one spot that we briefly mentioned, but it needs to be looked into. And that spot is the moment when a lot of, of the male mice just gave up mm-hmm. just spent time looking pretty did nothing oh. to try to look for a mate did nothing to try to help out with the society and just sat back and did nothing they
0: just sat back and groomed themselves sitting right. in front of the mirror with a comb a brush some hair gel a little mousse. Mm-hmm. actually know it was mice mm. but basically they did nothing Maybe they had their little mice video game. Maybe they had like, you know, uh, mice flicks that they could watch all day. Binge watching mice flicks. Uh, Maybe they had their little, you know, uh, mouse um, internet things that they shouldn't have been watching about, you know, female mice. And they just Mm. pretty much disconnected from society and life became about them. And in the end, life became about well, they were all dead, so life became about nothing. Mm. So if your life is about nothing now, don't be surprised when you end up at the end of your life and it's still nothing. How's that for, for uh, some for some philosophying? Is that what it's called? Philosophizing. <laughs> Philosophication. <laughs> Philosophering. Philosophering. <laughs> That's the new word.
3: Yeah.
2: Especially is it next to falafel?
3: To no, it's, it's on the other aisle, actually. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Daniel, take us um,
3: there. Whatever. You know, I... This is... It's a whole can that we're opening here. And... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a serious um, one, actually. It, it really... It, it very much is. Um, I, I, if you really take a, a moment to look into the statistics of... What happens when the husband and the father is removed from the family unit?
2: Mm-hmm. It
3: is—it's incredible, yeah, actually. It's—it's yeah. it's truly astonishing what happens to the family unit, and which statistics of harmful things dramatically go up when that fatherly figure, that husband figure, is removed from the family. Um, to the extent that, if you have, um, you know, and, and I'm talking about statistics for suicide or mm-hmm. crime or anything like that mm-hmm. the statistics drugs. of a, a yeah drugs of a child getting into things like that if they are in a single father home is even dramatically lower than if it's just a single mother home and just to just to show like a quick thing on how how important that fatherly figure is those that because the father is he's supposed to bring in the boundaries that is the man's job. It's like to bring in the boundaries to, for the security, the foundation, the pillar, um, that is part of being the biblical man. And when you, when you remove that, it just dramatically increases all answer, all, um, you know, opportunities for, you know, bad things to happen Mm -hmm. to the other people of that family. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of that starts with, it starts when you're young, like you got to, You have to acknowledge these things young to know what the pitfalls are. And I think maybe part of this that we'll get into is what the biblical man is. And it's kind of like a a threefold thing of the biblical man is supposed to be a priest, a warrior, and a husband. Mm -hmm. And I put them specifically in that order because it's a priest, you are to be a disciple of God, a disciple of Yeshua pursuing his way above the way of the world, above your own way. And then you're to be a warrior and be able to fight for that. And it's only when you have become a warrior under the covering of God, that you are ready to be a husband and apply those things accordingly. If Hmm. you try to be a warrior first and then go into being a priest and a husband, it doesn't work out as well. It's, (laughs) Because you end up taking that ferocity that a man should have toward evil and toward things that are coming against him and his family unit. You end up directing them at the family unit. So, you know, just just some things to consider as we move forward. Well said.
1: Mm. Well said.
0: Very well said. My applause to you. Yes.
1: So I think I'll jump in on that point. There's a quote that I'm remembering that I recently was uh, scrolling through and seeing. You talked about that ferocity. And when, it, when, we, when we look at the mouse experiment, it does it give a little bit of explanation as to why the mouse did what they did. But we also, there's some factors that the mice did not have that we can look at our own lives and go, okay, this is what's affecting it. And we're absolutely seeing an assault uh, spiritually, um, psychologically. There's an assault on trying to make men not men. Mm -hmm. trying to Mm -hmm. lessen their role trying Mm -hmm. to put them there is absolutely something and again i know that i'm just treading into this uh uh muck of of the battle of the sexes and i don't really want to get too deep into that but i really want to look into the idea of we can recognize that everyone's being put down life's tough agreed we'll let's focus on men though for a for a moment and i think that with that being said there's something unique about, like you said, Daniel, priest and warrior. Let's just take those two things because I do like the idea of putting priest before warrior. And it seems like other people have the same opinion when you're I like what a psychologist and now book writer, uh, Jordan Peterson talked about this concept of if you're not the most dangerous person in the room, but be careful. I was like, what do you mean by that? It's like men need to be, dangerous and they know when to hold back I mm-hmm. know how to discuss go through things but still also be a warrior like you're talking about yeah. knowing how to fight knowing how to do those things and men real, have a unique quick, ability for yeah. that i pulled
2: up your quote dave for you mm-hmm. so you have an actual uh, yeah, sure <laughs> verbatim before he, said, he <laughs> said a harmless man is not a good there man. there you go a good mm-hmm. man is a very dangerous man who has that under voluntary control there you go oh
1: wow. there yeah. you go that's the, that's so the quote I was looking for. I didn't sorry, put I'm you in to bad. But, You're right. Yeah. No, no, that was the quote I was thinking about, and I was like trying to remember how it all worked together. But that idea, and if you hear that at first, you go, oh, no, I don't like that. Like, wait, calm down. Give it a second. Because I think that the there's a purpose behind man being able to be very, very dangerous, lethal, uh, hunter. Like we think of all these like mm-hmm. – ooh, I'm going to say it – toxic – traits that maybe men have however if the balance is right within men where you have that priesthood the warrior i'm sorry i was focused on those two what was the other third point daniel what was that third one husband Husband. if all three of those are working together if we have all three of those working in a balance then you don't see how it gets turns negative which we see many many cases of men being Mm -hmm. uh, quite frankly just very bad evil uh, Etc. Like mm-hmm. there's lots the of you know, yeah. examples of that, mm-hmm. but if you don't have that balance where God is that center, where God is the thing mm-hmm. that's holding that balance, in all those are getting all messed up. Yeah, you get this toxic, you get this bad, evil man, you get all that. But when you're grounded as a man of God, like we're talking about today, then all those are in balance, or at least find an equilibrium maybe that's a better mm-hmm. word to say there's an equilibrium mm-hmm. where they all find some sort of symbiotic mm-hmm. balance between each other and mm-hmm. i think that's what we're trying to get back to and to say hey stop letting society put you on. we need to bring some of these things back up uh, maybe not so much we're still in a time of peace not like a where we're in war yet but we do have a spiritual battle going on and i think oh, that's yeah. where i would i would bring up that that's that's where men need to realize is that just in the spiritual when we weren't to be warriors physically there's a, also that point there to also know how to be mm-hmm. that dangerous person yeah yeah right
2: yeah so I, I pulled up uh you had mentioned st- some of the statistics and so forth uh fatherless homes daniel this one mm-hmm. this one floored me 85 percent of incarcerated youths come from fatherless homes mm-hmm that's
3: high. That's that's high. an insane number. It's like that's staggering, that's crazy.
2: Seventy-one percent of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. So that's just two that I pulled up, mm-hmm. two statistics. Um, I mean that that kind of says it all right there, mm-hmm. um, and therein lies the lethality of the enemy's attack. Because if he can get the father, either out of the home or to such a place that he is complacent, mm-hmm. yeah, then he has won the majority of the battle. Yeah, and we see this like both of mm-hmm. you said, uh, we see this running rampant in our nation today. Uh, even when you watch, you know, certain media, it, it's amazing how many um, oh. like shows you will watch where the father figure is is painted as sort of this bumbling.
3: Just a idiot. doofus.
2: Yeah, just a doofus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, totally disconnected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, commercials. Same same kind of thing. Um, painting this this picture, uh, or, or almost, I guess, normalizing this. And then, of course, we have now this attack on masculinity uh, that we're seeing these days. Um, the enemy is is
0: he he is being allowed to win because oh, yeah. enough men are not standing up <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at you know even the this thing of of uh you know men play I, I use the term man loosely there uh biological males playing women's sports and you know it, it's obvious I mean this isn't chauvinistic it's obvious um if if I'm out on the golf course, and a lady is uh, is happens to be playing you know on the other card or something you know I'm playing with a guy and his wife is there, and I say, well you have to you know you have to hit the, off the same tees as I am." Well, she's probably you know I mean you know I'm not talking about the the LPGA here um <laughs> I've probably got a hundred yard advantage on her mm-hmm. yeah, and, and who who should be who should be the number one people? The number one segment of society that's standing up against this, men. Mm-hmm. Oh, men. Men. Mm-hmm. No, if you say, well, the, the women should 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 do that. No, where's the men that are protecting them from the men that are abusing them?
2: Mm.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think we find
3: ourselves in a very interesting point in society where men are so uh it's like not to be a, like a pity thing but you start 10 steps behind because mm-hmm. to be a man discounts you from having an opinion on almost everything to begin with yeah um so the reason i say women women is because it should be quite outrageous to women that yeah. you know this is happening too um mm. but you know the we're using that fatherless statistic because it's the evidence of what happens if you don't make choices now to become a man of God, you end up being that, that Mm -hmm. absent father, that, Mm -hmm. you know, that father that's not there. And I'm glad you make that distinction, Ryan, because there are many fathers out there who are couch potatoes, not setting a bit of an example for their children. They are there, but they're absent. They they go to work, they make money, they make you feel bad about it, and then <laughs> they, you know, they start it all over again. And so there is that like um that complacency in and um in modern day men. So let me,
0: let me call that what it is, Daniel. I, I know this is kind of a family show, but what you're talking about the couch potato, the, the a, a man. That has a wife and children is not engaged in his home is a sperm donor call it what it is <laughs> okay yep that's wow man
1: you guys want to challenge me on no. that one no
3: there's nothing nothing to challenge <laughs> nothing like to challenge oh, that's
1: true <laughs> there's nothing to challenge on that one i think i would just chime in with the point of one sentence <laughs> <laughs> and get bleaked out on it yeah. Other, yeah. On their, uh... <laughs> oh my lord yeah, uh, people TSC... going
0: out there going <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think that that's we've gotten to that point in society though where we actually do need to kind of breach some of these topics and go yeah we gotta we have a problem if that's mm-hmm. if that's literally all you're gonna be that's that's a problem um not not good i think that there was something we've said from previous times like from the mouse experiment we talked about there was a uh, phrase uh Hard times uh, create hard mm-hmm. men, hard men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times, and a, a cycle continues, right? Um, <laughs> the cycle continues and over and over and over again, repeating, repeating. So we we see how that played out. We say it played out with the mice experiment. We also see here, however, I would like to throw in with a caveat, back then the cycle continued and continued. I think now, though, we realize if you just – stay in the world of entertainment mm-hmm. in today's world mm-hmm. you'll think everything's fine mm-hmm. everything's hunky-dory uh, well the new uh, well news says this and this says that and everything's fine a certain group of people are bad and these people are bad whatever then oh la, well, we got to get upset about that but then when it comes to you either digging out for information yourself or you reading the word on your own versus hearing it from a pastor you won't actually see it for yourself and i think that's the danger where we found that entertainment has become especially mm-hmm. in this western society mm-hmm. we realize that entertainment will make you fall asleep at the wheel you won't understand what's really happening what's going mm-hmm. on look at the couch potato the <clears throat> sperm <spur Yeah>. donor <laughs> as the who uh, <laughs> is completely involved in just the entertainment aspect which mm-hmm. whatever it's movies games sports whatever it is right just total distraction total just taking away just takes you away from what your family which is the number one reason mm-hmm. like again we've said it now we've repeated it i think every episode now what's the primary ministry of you as a man in your home is to your wife your family yeah and that's it's your number one goal it's not oh, no nope. it's simple mm-hmm. it's simply that so when all these other things happen you're being distracted you're being taken away from what your p- purpose purpose is and if you don't have a family start preparing for that to be yeah. able to happen because yeah. if you look at today, everything mm-hmm. seems fine and hooky-dory, but then when you realize what's really happening, the assault the attack that is happening mm-hmm. you could be involved in the fight and become the hard man to create good yeah. times, because that's what we're in mm-hmm. need of majorly right now
2: you just said, so I'm just going to jump in real quick, you just said something uh, there, Dave, if you want to get married um, be, you know, if you want to become a husband, begin preparing yourself Mm-hmm. I want to throw something out there. Um, if you want to, if you're a single and you're looking for a spouse, stop surrounding yourself with single people. Mm-hmm. Surround yeah. yourself with married couples and yeah. learn from them. Yeah. And then watch yeah. your, your significant other appear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, as well, you know, if if you're wanting to find Mister Mrs. or Mr. Right, and they come along and they see you surrounded by your constant group of single people, competing for your attention. They're not, they don't want to hang around with that either.
3: Mm. Just being blunt. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Um, yeah. And did, ooh, yes, here we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love, I love this subject because I i look back at um, the ways that I would spend my time as a kind of mid teenager. And I look back at that and I i really I mean, I wasted a lot of time. I wasted so much time and you know, it's not like I'm I don't know just just to hone in on that I wasted so much time. And so when I look at these subjects right now, and it's i'm I'm very passionate about them. I'm very passionate about young men being um, firm and upstanding and righteous mm-hmm. because the world is filled with just absolutely currently useless young men that are devoting their lives to things that will never give them anything. They're devoting all of their time to things that cannot give them anything tangible, nothing that is actually rewarding. Mm -hmm. And so I love those statements um, because it's, it's the way to succeed. It's the way to actually establish good things in your life. And it's not to say that there's not that season for spending time with your peers. And for, you know, that, that, you know, that, yeah. that, that portion, yeah. but you're right. Like when it comes time to like, look around you and say, okay, I think it's going to be time for me to make the next step in my life soon. You know, that's, that's game on you turn away from things. Cause, and this is something I've heard before from young men that and they've said, I just feel like it's really important for my future wife to like respect how I spend my free time and well. load of garbage, absolute load of garbage when you are getting married, when you are pursuing someone, you sacrifice the things that you value. Your Mm -hmm. free time becomes collective free time and you choose together what you want to do. You don't bring what you desire and throw it in her lap and say, this is what you need to be okay with. If we're going to work out that Mm -hmm. is,
2: yeah, it's, it's Mm -hmm.
3: a, don't do it. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Uh, I've heard somebody say, uh, you know, marriage is a compromise. I disagree mm -hmm. because the word compromise denotes that one or the other is losing.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It should be a win-win
2: situation. Exactly.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Let me go back to something, Um, somebody that you guys know, I I use, I've used his, his works through the years uh, and give him open credit to it. Uh, There are a few men, very few men, that radically affected my life. Uh, I can count them on one hand. One of those is Dr. Miles Monroe of blessed memory. I remember the first time that I ever listened to Miles Monroe's testimony online. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting him a number of years ago, uh, way number of years ago. Uh, Tragically died in a plane crash on final approach to Nassau, Bahamas. I remember him talking about growing up in the Bahamas. He was uh, his family was, uh, w- of course, was was black. Um, they lived on the side of the island that had nothing. He grew up with him and his father and mother, um, and his I, I think it was like eight children, in a like a two room, three room uh, cab shack that was built up off of the ground to keep the critters out they had nothing. Absolutely nothing. They lived in abject poverty. And Dr. Monroe, having been, been born into that situation, decided, I must change my situation. And he decided to make some, he made some goals. He's the one that came up with the five questions of life. That wasn't on me. He's the one that I quote so many times. Uh, I quote him without quoting him because his words are a part of my life now. But he said, Dr. Monroe said, I decided that I was going to read the Bible. I was going to learn how to read the Bible and I was going to pray. He said, I decided also at the same time that if I was going to affect other people, that I had to make some decisions in my life. Number one he said, I was not going to become addicted to anything because that would take me away from my goals. He said, I I decided that I would not have relationships with a woman until I was married because it would be possible that in that relationship, we, we would have a baby and therefore my goals would be sidetracked. Now his goals were righteous. His goals were totally righteous. And so he made decisions like that. Well, he ended up becoming very famous in the Bahamas, Uh, began a band, was paid to travel all over the country, all over uh, the Bahamas, and then eventually all over the world. Mm -hmm. He said, "Never, never chase money. He said, because if you find out why God puts you upon this earth, money will chase you. Because people will chase you and pay you to find out what they need to know. That's the truth. Miles Monroe became a very famous man writing, I don't remember how many books. He knew he was, he was, I mean, he knew he was had audiences with the presidents, with CEOs, um, with, with huge businesses would call him and say, you know, we want you to come and speak. Why? Cause he became a priest. He became a priest, just like Daniel said, was he a warrior? Absolutely. He battled for the, for the right thing. God's mm-hmm. purpose in his life. Because of that, he became a husband and also a father. I challenge anybody out there, go on YouTube, Dr. Miles Monroe, and listen to his testimony and learn mm-hmm. from that man.
3: Mm-hmm. As you were as you were talking, I was thinking of King David as well, and how he was chosen in the eyes of God mm-hmm. before he killed Goliath, before he was anointed for king, before he was married. Mm-hmm. God saw his heart in the quiet place and then chose him to be king over his people. That should resound in young men everywhere that, you know, all these, these men that we see in the Bible who stood for something, who were, you know, did deeds of renown, you know, people like King David, they were they established themselves in the quiet place with God first. Mm-hmm. They became that priest, that person who had intercession, who had time with God, and then David became a warrior. You know, we read about his uh, his deeds with the the lion and the bear. Um, and then it wasn't until later that all that stuff was known. And then he became a husband after that. Mm-hmm. And so, I Hanok Hanok Young is just here and. I've never heard him say so many times within a few day period of we need to understand that our actions can change the world. Mm. I mean, he, that dude was, (laughs) he was recklessly zealous in his younger year. I mean, he did things that that make your jaw drop to the floor. It's insane but he they had such an idea such a firm belief yeah. that they could change the world with their actions yeah. and i think that is really an admirable thing and something that we need to remember and that young men specifically need to remember
1: yeah mm-hmm. i i think i would like to just jump in there with that point of this is this is the point where we're realizing that we've we have established there's a problem that's happening right now and to those who are listening, the what the enemy does not want you to do is he does not want you to start figuring out what your purpose is. Mm-hmm. That's the number one thing he's after. So as long as there's entertainment, as long as there's whatever distraction that's, that's your main goal, uh, mm-hmm. whether that's uh, – it could be from money to pro- uh, whatever problems, there's always enough time to find out what is my purpose here. So like you guys, Miles Monroe, wonderful testimony, absolutely recommend 100% to, read, to listen to that because it's not just him. It's so many other people who've also found the same mm-hmm. thing by following essentially the same formula. Why mm-hmm. am I here? What is my purpose? And asking those five questions, then they run through that, and your purpose becomes pretty clear yeah. because it's God-given. Because it's who you belong to. And I think that's so, so amazing is that for whatever reason, whatever's happened from the past, something has caused us to then feel like there's fear of not wanting to know what that is or not to find out what God has for us. Or we're just so terrified that we're going to have to be the thing we really fear the most, and we really don't want to become that. Mm-hmm. If you know what I'm talking about then maybe that's time for you to start figuring out why you fear what you fear the most like I don't want to go on the streets and start preaching the gospel. I don't want to be that person to but what if that's you? What if that's you? What if you have a gift of speaking to people and you've never exercised it so that's why you never know yeah. so there's, there's, we can go through so many examples and this is what we're talking about weak men not doing their job. this is it's hard. To commit, it's hard what Miles Monroe did where he said, Enough is enough. I've had enough of this. I'm pursuing something greater. Yes. It's hard to do that. It's extremely hard to fight your flesh, but it's time to fight your flesh. If you're mm-hmm. still in this place where you do not know and you're thinking about spouse, and it's like that's that's coming later, stop worrying about that. There's a, there's other things to worry about first that will come mm-hmm. along. Just <laughs> seek
0: first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Indeed. You're looking something up there, Ryan.
1: Well,
2: I was looking, you know, looking at the mice experiment, and kind <laughs> of following through the sort of the order of things as as chaos ensued, and the first thing that I noticed was that the mice, once they abandoned their purpose, the only thing left for them to do was to turn inward. hmm And so, they became very selfish. There was no... How can I put this? Without being a man of God and allowing Him to dictate your purpose in your life and then you, like utilizing those tools to then turn outward to the aid of others, as we're called to do, mm-hmm. that is what we're left with. Is this turn inward and this is what we're seeing in society this worship of self is because that is the that's like we see in the experiment that's the natural response if you take away the true God then self becomes your God
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and self doesn't want to be a priest Self doesn't want to be a warrior and therefore self can't be a good husband mm-hmm. because it's all about self.
0: So it's kind of like the verses in, um, and I won't, I won't go to them, but I was thinking, you know, I said to you guys last week about a verse and we never got around to it in uh, second Timothy chapter three in the last days, people will be lovers themselves and it goes on from there. Um, I challenge anybody to go and read that. L- let me give you a statement. The greatest tra- the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without a reason. It is dangerous to be alive and not know why you were given life. One of the most frustrating experiences is to have time, but not know why. Mm-hmm. That is the opening, the opening of the preface of a book that, um, I'm going to recommend. In fact, you guys—I mean, anybody, anybody, young adults—you know—in our conferences that we've done together. And uh, by the way, we need to make sure we have—we do a a, a, um, a commercial uh, or announcement for uh, what we have coming up next weekend. Mm-hmm. But um, let me let me just talk really straight for a second, to, uh or a minute or two to the, specifically young people. Youth, young people, young adults. I'm going to give you an assignment. If you're not willing to go through with this assignment, there's really no reason for you to ever tune into this program again because you're not serious about life. You're playing games. You're a mouse sitting in the corner, putting their little gel on, grooming themselves. Okay? This is the book. I'm going to hold it up here. Dr. Miles Monroe, Pursuit of Purpose. I've read this book, I don't know how many times, and probably need to read it again. The Pursuit of Purpose. You can go on Amazon, eBay, buy it used for, I think the last one I bought was probably about five bucks. Um, If you don't have five bucks to buy one, call me. Um, and I'll tell you how to go find some money, because I'm I'm not. This is not a GoFundMe, okay? GoFundMe used to be when we got our lawnmower over to the neighbor's house and said, "I'll cut your yard for two bucks," okay? That's how we did GoFundMe. We didn't we didn't just sponge off of everybody else. So, uh, this book, Miles Monroe, the Pursuit of Purpose. I challenge every single purpose person out there, young or old, to get a copy of this and to read it. If you're planning to be married, do your spouse and your children a favor and read this book. If you're in a relationship with someone that you think is a spouse coming is is worthy of spousedom. New word. (laughs) This is great marriage premarital counseling to read this book together. The principles in this book will define your life. It won't change your life. It will define your life. This this is probably, in my opinion, next to the scripture, the most important book that I've ever read in my life. I bought a number. of, I, How many of these have I given away to 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 young people, Daniel? I have no idea. And most of them, I shouldn't have given them one because they didn't read it. That's why I'm not going to buy you one. I'm going to tell you how to go find the money to buy yourself one. Woof. Woof.
1: <laughs> I, I think I yeah, wanted to jump. off. Oh, go ahead.
3: I was just going to say it's 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 no wonder if you if you've ever wondered why uh, we named the show what we did maybe by now you kind of have an idea, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) because truly and, you know, Ryan, as you pointed out, the one of the most important factors in that whole experiment in the experiment of our life is purpose. If we if we lack purpose, then it's just a it is a very quick downward spiral. Um, And I, Dave, I'm glad you mentioned Jordan Peterson, because he is he's really amazing um and he um he talks a lot to young men mm-hmm. um i've, I've heard m- many many a story of a young man listening to him and kind of, because i would say he's he's in the same realm yeah as as what miles monroe would talk yeah. about as far Modern, as yeah yeah um looking at your life and finding that purpose and trying to live with with reason you know understanding that you have reason to live and looking at, and he's very practical, extremely practical. And that's what I love about him is that even though he's highly intellectual, he can connect with you emotionally and he gives you very practical tips as well to target things in your life and make them better and then move on to the next thing and target that and make it better and to escape the cynical, uh, spiral of life by doing that. And so but yes, I remember the day that you prescribed that book to me to read. And I still remember very clearly the, the opening of, you know, Miles essentially talking to a very, very, very rich man who was just absolutely depressed. Yeah. Because money is an amplifier. It's not a corruptor. It's an amplifier. And so when Miles Monroe became very rich, it only amplified who he was inside wanted to further the kingdom of God. And so that is what the money did. It was that. And so you take a person who is purposeless, who is a worshiper of self, and then that money becomes destructive and depressing.
1: This goes back to some of our uh, earlier podcasts we did talking about mentorship. It's how important that is. And for whatever reason, it's been, there's been such an assault for, not to have a mentor but to rely on yourself and not lean really on any others it's a it's a huge problem and then we had a podcast a while back because still is probably one of my favorites was talking about the uh uh when the master gave one mm-hmm. five talents mm-hmm. two talents and yeah. one talent yeah that <laughs> how do we see evidence of if we look at it from just purely of they acquired something, and then we're told to do something with it. We know for a fact that that happens because the statistics are scary. I don't know off the top of my head, but I know they're scary. People who win the lottery, how many times they either lose their life mm-hmm. or lose it all in a yeah. far worse position. Yeah. Money Again, like you said, money is an amplifier. So when you look at all these things, you think this is my problem and this is my issue. And a lot of times you've been told what your issue is. like. What issues you have and you're not actually going to the ultimate decision maker going, why am I in the mess that I'm in and can I change? Am I'm willing to now change to do whatever it is, whether that means to take the discipline to read something, reading your Bible more, reading resources like we just talked about, resources that are used to help you. Instead of saying, well, nope, this is just my life. I'm just going to just succumb to whatever now and just this is where I'm at. Eventually – would you rather start now or would you rather start later when it's the point of, okay, yeah, I have generational stuff that's bothering me. Okay, uh, it's on me to fix that. It's on me to fix that now. It's my personal responsibility now. Let's fix it. Let's mm-hmm. deal with my money issues. Let's deal with my generational stuff. Let's deal with all that stuff and move forward in purpose because that's the, that's the thing. If we have purpose, a lot of times I even say a lot of these addictions just disappear. Purpose mm-hmm. is the number one contributor of why you have addictions. I think that even most research now is coming out. The reason why pornography is so bad, it's almost always linked to the, per- the person's purpose in this life is so low, and their self-esteem is so mm-hmm. low that they rely on that. They run to it, mm-hmm. and it's becoming more and more evident that that is the reason. Yeah. So if you literally just find purpose, that literally can just be dealt with instantly. So everyone, I I will have people come up and I thank you again for those who have because it's really amazing when someone can open up that freely and talk about that. And it's like mm-hmm. it's purpose. And then they'll just they'll start thinking about it and they go, Oh wow, I, I realized that. It's like, but now don't just apply it to that addiction. Look at the broad aspect of addictions. When you have addictions, that it comes back to that over and over and over again. It's just screaming at you saying, This is the problem. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Take mm-hmm. a big, deep breath. Read these resources we're talking about. You'll find a lot of that stuff starts to shed off because you're getting the key. You're getting an answer, and God's actually literally providing you an answer. Yep. But it mm-hmm. takes takes a little bit of work. Just a little bit of work.
3: I, I remember um, uh, my my wife and I we've we've done several like media fasts uh, just kind of depending on. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we do it leading up to Yom um, Kippur, or just some, sometimes we just realize, like, we need to take a break here. Um, and so there was one particular time, you know, maybe a couple of years into our marriage that uh, we were like, we are watching too many movies. There's too much time spent on movies here. And so we um, we took a media fast and we were um, just spending more time doing this crazy thing. It's called prayer prayer. Um, and god blessed that time so dramatically it was like it was it was truly a like a revival within us and we were like we we were asking each other how how did we ever have time for movies because we would get done with our like evening routines dinner and clean up and all that kind of stuff get the kids to bed and um you know we would just start talking and praying and it was like where did we find the time for movies and and that's happened several times you know because we've we've gone through cycles you know we kind of com- become complacent sometimes because we are in fact human um and so but we always circle back around and it's like man it is crazy how consuming it is and how easy it is to just say oh i'm tired i just want to mm-hmm. kick back and relax and and you know there's time for that it's called shabbat <laughs> uh, but but truly it's it's a very difficult cycle to break out of, but once you do and you have a purpose and a goal, even if that goal is simply like, I want to read a book. Like that's been me recently. Like, I really love to read books. Um, I did it a lot as a teenager and um, have had trouble finding time to do it since having four children. But uh, recently, you know, we've um, kind of put another media fast and, um, I've just been reading. I've been loving it. Like I look forward every night to, to reading again, and it's just so easy to do. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't want to watch anything because I replaced it with something purposeful and a specific goal. It's as simple as that.
1: Mm. Oh, that's good. Mm. That's good. Totally agree. It's awesome. Mm. I was so somebody's of... thinking fast. That's a, that's the way to go. Go ahead, go mm-hmm. ahead Ryan. <laughs>
2: No, I was kind of perusing, and I've I've quoted Charles Spurgeon a good bit on this mm-hmm. show in the past, but um, this this kind of floored me uh, what he had to say here. It's it's a little long, but I think it's worth the read. He says, "When I say that a man in Messiah is a man, I mean that if he is truly in Messiah, he is therefore manly." There has got to brought a notion somehow that if you become a believer, you must sink your manliness and turn to milksop. It is supposed that you allow your liberty to be curtailed by a set of negations, which you have not the courage to break through, though you would if you dared. You must not do this and you must not do the other. You are to take out your backbone and become molluscus, you are to be sweet as honey towards everybody and every atom of spirit is to be evaporated from you. You are to ask permission of ministers and church authorities to breathe and to become a sort of living martyr who lives a wretched life in the hope of dying in the odor of sanctity. I do not believe in such Christianity at all. The believing man, it seems to me, is the noblest style of man, the freest, the bravest, the most heroic and the most fearless of men. If he is what he should be, he is in the best sense of the word, a man all over from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. He is such a man because he has realized his own personal responsibility to God. He knows that to his own master he stands or falls, that he shall have to give an account in the day of judgment for his thoughts, his words, his acts. And therefore he does not pin himself to any man's sleeve, be he a priest or a minister, or whatever he may be called. He thinks for himself takes the Bible and reads for himself and comes to God and Messiah personally and of his own account. He is not content to do business with underlings, but he goes to the head of the great firm. Young men to you, I would honestly say that I would be ashamed to speak of a religion that would make you soft, cowardly, effeminate, spiritless, so that you would be mere simpletons in business, having no souls of your own, the prey of every designing knave. Young men, I have tried the faith of Yeshua Messiah. And I have found it to give me pluck for that is an old Saxon word, but it is that is exactly what I mean. It puts the soul into a man, firmness, resolution, and courage.
3: Mm. Mm. Man, that's so good. That is so good. I don't think I could, I mean, that, that is put no, perfectly. No, that's, that's, it is put, um, what it made me think of, like to go along with that, how he so eloquently put it, there is definitely, he was definitely capturing something that, is, that exists of, oh, you know, I I I follow God now, and I have to not do these things anymore. And that's a very worldly way to look at it, because everyone in the world does those things. And it does take a manly person or a person of conviction and valor to not do the things that everyone else does. But it's such a Infuriating trick of the enemy to make you think that you're losing something and that you're less of a person because you can't do the things that you used to do or that the world does. And man, is it the opposite. And that was
2: mm-hmm.
0: perfect. Yeah, sure was. Sure was. It's even
1: amazing how even back then he was uh, capturing something that was happening. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing even more yeah. of today. It's like it's gotten even worse in this line. Mm-hmm. That's why we're speaking about this, but others are coming out speaking about it more and more and more. That this idea that you're supposed to be a weak man as as a believer is absolutely not true whatsoever and should be frowned upon and it should be encouraged. I would even challenge if those who are listening that are part of congregations, there should be encouragement. A lot of times it's been for so long that, oh, no, you can't be that way. You can't be that way. There should be encouragement by the mentors in congregations to a, to bring out this more biblical masculinity more biblical and allow that to come out and allow that to come forth. And what that looks like, I think there's lots of different versions of, but the ability to say, yes, that there's this way of reaching out to, to not just keep pushing down, but to bring up. And I would say one of the things you could change is immediately like one of the years ago, Mike came to us and said, stop calling them the next generation. It's the now generation, the, um, the rising generation, there's a, there's lots of words of encouragement saying now, move, do, don't wait. And there's some language that we've used for sure that doesn't allow for that opening. And I've even said like a lot of times like this in-time talk, okay, there's a lot of things in the that is co- or, uh, correlating back to Revelation stuff. That's wonderful. It's great to get discussion. But if you say it around a bunch of young people, then – and they haven't found their purpose that can just suck yeah. them right out it mm-hmm. just that light just doesn't matter anymore because if i just Stealing stay innocent there's no yeah. there. there's i'll just be accepted into the kingdom of heaven and i'll just be riding on the clouds like little naked baby angels just do doo do doo do just doing nothing and that's something you got to realize when we're talking about in time discussion that's something to th- consider it's wonderful to get into yes there's a, there's something there though. You got to realize what it can do to those who are rising, who are up and coming, who are learning how to brandish their swords, so to speak. Mm-hmm. There's ways to encourage, and I and I think I would love to f- find out, or love to for you to message us if you found ways that you're encouraging uh, of them brandishing their swords, of them becoming men of God, women of God. Like, what do you do in your congregations? That'd be so cool if you um, reach out mm-hmm. reach out to us. Uh, I have a question <laughs>
3: I have a question uh, before we kind of do a commercial. Um, so I'm asking the three of you, when you think of a, a congregation, uh, you know, of men and women, and you think of a, a night that the men get together, what do you normally think of them doing?
0: Mm-hmm. Talking about the latest ball.
3: Yes, I mm-hmm. Um, or
0: something furry that they shot. Mm-hmm. Superficial the last topics. Thing in the room that's talked about is God. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't go.
3: Don't go too far. Oh, oh. Up, up. This is this is like a this is like kind of you know one sentence answer, Brian. <laughs> uh,
2: a group of men getting together. Um, I was going to echo Mike's answer there as yeah. well. Mm-hmm.
3: And that's fine. I mean, that's yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's the answer. superficial of. and drinking. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, what do you think of when you think of a group of women getting together from a congregation?
0: I don't want to go there. <laughs> but
1: I see. I think I see <laughs> yeah, where Daniel's no. going with this.
0: Yeah. They're talking it's, about it's spiritual
1: things. It's you, women's prayer night. Yeah, women's that's, prayer I, night. I grew up in Bible study. I grew up in that.
3: And I was, I was gonna, I was just gonna say that, you know, women versus men, but I wanted, I wanted to throw it out there to, to drive mm-hmm. the point home that men is pathetic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, and mm-hmm. you know, that's,
0: yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, guilty. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's do, let, let's, let's think about a program Then I'll do a commercial here real quick um let's think about a program next week on how do you find a mentor and how do you be a mentor Mm -hmm. what does it take to be a mentor Mm. because see you you guys have all heard me talk about that you know if you only hang out with people your age you will only have as much wisdom as people your age now look Mm -hmm. around the crowd that you're hanging out with that's your age and ask yourself, is that who I want to be? If the answer is yes, um, I
3: hope it's a really high quality group of people. Yeah, <laughs> like yes, the yeah, if, level yeah, stuff. Yeah,
0: if it's if it's yes, you're probably in trouble, and you need to go and you know make sure that you know how to flip hamburgers because that's about as far as you're going to go in life. Nothing wrong with flipping hamburgers, but you know when you're 65.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I know. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, Quickly. So, God willing, this week, I will be your uh your humble, um one of the people yakking will be on an interview on God's Learning Channel. So that's coming up. Uh, I just got a call this today on that. <laughs> but the other thing is, uh, Bezrat Hashem, God willing, on March... Ninth and tenth, we will be at Battlefield of Messiah, uh, south of Cleveland. What's the town there, guys? Chattanooga.
1: Is that Chattanooga or Ringgold?
0: It, it's outside of Ringgold. Yeah, mm-hmm. outside Ringgold. I yeah, think it's somewhere closer. in that yep. area. But uh, if you type in Battlefield of Messiah, it's actually in a place called Battlefield, and um, we're going to have on the in the uh, two day conference Friday night and Shabbat. Uh, Friday night, I'm not sure what the time is. You know, always it's going to be on Facebook. Probably going to be about 630, but uh, we will have myself, Mr. Josh Waller of Hyabel, his wife, Caitlin, and leading worship during that time will be none other than Ryan Cribs, Daniel Clayton, David Covert, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> it's, going be, on yeah, it's going to be Israel, time to begin engaged. It's one thing to stand with Israel. It's another thing to be engaged. And mm-hmm. I got a wake-up call on that one yesterday, gentlemen. Uh, we are currently in day 143 of the uh, of the current Israel war. There are still 134 hostages alive or dead. We're not sure. There's been over 14,300 people wounded. Um, over almost now almost 300 soldiers have lost their lives. Yesterday morning, one of the first things I do in the morning is I check the Israel news. And I kind of hold my breath as I do. Uh, Yesterday morning, I saw the headline of one of the commanders that had been killed. He was part of the Gavati brigade, a brigade that I was a part of a uh, a celebration that they did uh one of those one of the parts of this evening was to honor 15 or excuse me 14 of their fallen um of this specific unit uh, yesterday the name was released and that number is now 15. um that one took me that one took a different level because I was, I don't know that, I don't know him. I, I don't know if I saw him or was introduced to him in, you know, face to face, but it's a person that I, uh, that I was in the same room with. And um, a friend of mine who is, is in that same uh, brigade is, is, is stepped in to take his place. Uh, the war wages, rages in Israel. And uh next Shabbat, next Friday in Shabbat is not just a night to come together and and get our little warm fuzzies and, and our little spiritual uh, goosebumps and things like that. Uh do a little dancing and whatever, but it's a it's a weekend to decide where you stand with the land and people of Israel. Final thoughts, guys.
3: That's it for me.
2: Okay. Yeah. Same here. I think that's a good good way to leave off.
0: Okay, uh, uh, but- get get uh, Miles' book. All right, mm-hmm. if you if you if you're not going to read this, I'm serious, guys. Uh, if you're not willing to read this book by Miles Monroe, there's no reason for you to ever tune into this program again because you haven't made the decision that you're going to have to actually make your life make a difference. You can see the Father, the Creator, the One who gave you breath. Has plans for you for good and not for evil to give you a life and a hope and a future and a purpose. But when he said, I'll give it to you, he didn't just say it's just going to be, you know, it's going to just kind of float down. You may have to do something to get after it and to find that. Till next week, see you then. We'll see you You
1: next time.
3: You're the God who's always